Sometimes I feel safer behind there. How's everyone doing? Good. Thank you for this opportunity. It's a blessing and honor and privilege to bring the word. Dan, thanks for asking. Dan had asked me to do this, I think, before Poland, if I recall. And uh, he said it's a standalone series, so I had this prepared. I've actually preached on John 10 before, um, but I've been preparing this for a service I was doing at work also. And we, we got talking. It's like this, it was a standalone, we thought, but it really, some points here tie in closely to some things that Dan shared and, and Matt shared about Jesus being the gate, number one, and also enter by the narrow gate or narrow way. So it's good. Life is good. So running to your arms. We were singing that song. So there you go. There's your picture of that. <clears throat> I have these in the bulletin. Notes for you guys. You can follow along and just add notes as you see fit. And we're going to have a little interactive time. There's actually going to be two. We didn't do this in first, so it's, I become dangerous after I do it once. So, Do we have any sheep owners or shepherds in the house here? Anyone that owns sheep? I know pigs and cattle are very common here. So, none? You do? Okay. Not to put you on the spot here. So what do you guys think of sheep? What's, what comes to mind? What are they like? Some attributes. And don't take any of these personal, because some of them aren't good. So go ahead. They are very dumb. Yes. Here. Anything else? They smell. Not as bad as pigs, though, right? Anything else you guys want to bring up? Loud. Yes, they are. Good. So there's a lot of attributes they have. Some good, but a lot, most of them, they're just needy critters, right? So my wife and I were traveling down to Ocean Isle, <clears throat> North Carolina, for our vacation a couple weeks ago. So at a gas station, I see this trailer pull up. It's got like a 20-foot long by 10-foot wide thing of just full of sheep. And some had horns, and I was really had only seen sheeps without horns, right? So I started, I talked to them and told them, hey, guys, I'm going to talk about you in a few weeks. So, and in this case, I wasn't Dr. Doolittle, but I talked to the animals. I didn't sing to them, which could happen at any given time. So, so there you go. Let's open in prayer and uh, let God open the word up to us. Lord, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the living and active word of God that we have Thank you that you've empowered us, God, that you um, have given us your word, which is Christ in the flesh. We thank you for that. I pray you'd open up the word today. I pray that you would soften our hearts, convict us, encourage us, strengthen us, Lord, and just take this time and use it for your glory to feed your children. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So let's start by uh, giving some groundwork here. <clears throat> So this, John 10, we're going to take a, arguably this could be a six to eight week series, but we're going to cover it in one day and go back and read it and reread it and just let the word of God just saturate you as you, you go through and um, talk about it and read about it. So it dawned on me a few months ago that this book, specifically chapter, John 10, about the sheep and shepherd, 
our good shepherd in the sheep, arguably one of the most intimate pictures of God in his love for us. So this was not even Jesus sitting down with his disciples. He was sharing this with scribes and Pharisees and Jews that didn't believe. So I'm going to start and take a quick look at one verse. And it just hit me. It's like, here's a chapter in the Bible that was geared really for us, right? That means so much to us, but it wasn't even addressed to us at the time. But it is now. So in chapter 10, verses 25 through 26, this is Jesus talking to the, to the um, Jews. He said, Jesus answered them, I told you and you do not believe the works that I do in my Father's name. These bear witness of me. But you do not believe because you are not my sheep. So he told them, he said, you are not my sheep, but here we have this is a precious chapter for us because we are the sheep as believers in Christ. So that was pretty cool. Um, One more thing about this. John 10, I think, probably is one of my three go-to New Testament chapters. If you're feeling like you're insecure, you want to increase or strengthen your faith, turn to Ephesians 1, Romans 8, or John 10. Those three you can read through and you'll never, you'll just walk away just totally, totally transformed. So we get to do one of them today. So let's uh, look at two excerpts from John 10. First, we'll read one through five. It'll be up on your screen. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter by the door into the fold of the sheep, but climbs up some other way, he is a thief and robber. But he who enters by the door is a shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he puts forth all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. A stranger they simply will not follow, but will flee from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. Picking up on um, verse 7. Jesus therefore said to him again, to them again, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes to to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they might have life and might have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hireling and not a shepherd and who is not the owner of the sheep beholds the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hireling and is not concerned about the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and I know my own, and my own know me. Even as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. So there's a lot in that section. We're going to take a quick look and dig into a lot of themes there, starting with really five key points here that I'm going to talk about. <clears throat> the first is, uh, as you'll note, as you read through, the, especially the first section, there's a lot of adversaries and enemies. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. That's the tough part that we need to address because Jesus is pretty clear about that. So if we look at some of the obstacles and adversaries we face, 
All of these for harm, intent, or to lead us astray. Uh, We have thieves and robbers in verse 1, verse 8, and verse 10. And both have nothing but bad intent. They're not there to come and and encourage you. They're, They're there to hurt, to harm, and to steal your goods. And there's some of that down in Texas, unfortunately, too, through some of this. So horrible intent. And strangers, and Jesus says, do not listen to the voice of strangers. So many things want to lead us off the path of our Christian walk. And that would be the stranger. Do not follow them, and his sheep will not follow them. And Jesus says that in verse 5, that they do not know the voice of strangers. They're foreign to them. So when you hear that, you just immediately, that's not God, and don't follow. And then wolves in verse 12. They'll scatter the sheep and snatch them to kill and eat. So, man, look at that. We have thieves and robbers, steal, kill, destroy, snatch and eat, lead astray. So it's like, wow, there's some pretty significant enemy opposition notes here that Jesus is talking about. And then John 10.10 is the calibration verse. I have come that they might have life and might have it more abundant. So that's anything contrary to that is not of the Lord. So I thought it'd be a good check to take a look at our, who our real enemy is, that we all know, um, it's, it's the devil. And in 1 Peter 5.8, I'd like to read that, and that'll be up on the screen. Be of sober spirit, be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls about like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. So roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Now, you've seen lions, films of lions after animals and caribou, and they just, they just rip them up. So he's, that's his intent for us, so we've got to be careful of that, right? Cool little aside, <clears throat> we sang about the Lion of Judah. So I got thinking, Jesus is referred to as a lion too. So we have also here in this case the adversary, and I thought of the Lion King, because he, Jesus, the King of Judah, is the king, right? And this lion is nothing compared to him. So I just thought that would uh, be a cool little thing to point out. So battle aids, let's talk a little bit about that. When we are faced with the enemy's opposition, uh, one of my favorite verses is in 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 5, and that'll be up there. Regina, you're right on it. Thanks. So let's read this. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. And we're taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. So we can't do this battle on our own. It's got to be weapons of God. They're divinely powerful. It's God's weapons. It's not ours. Uh, Ephesians 6.10, it says, Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. So if we try to face this ourselves, it's going to, be a wash. We need, we need God's strength and power for battle. <clears throat> In this case, it's talking about, um, back to 2 Corinthians 10.5, take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. So the battle starts here, right? And one of the weapons of our warfare in Ephesians 6 is the helmet of salvation, which covers your head, right? So that's where it starts. So when you get a thought, a temptation, a bad thought about anyone, and it, you know how those can just spiral out of control, take it uh, captive 
to the obedience of Christ, look up and say, Lord, this is not of you, and let him take that thought captive. So that's a, a little trick I've learned. And um, not always easy, though, I'll tell you, because, but you really got to think good thoughts and true thoughts. So you guys probably know Philippians 4.8 also, whatever things are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, of good report. If there's anything worthy of praise or excellent, think on these things. So that's a great, one of my favorite thought recalibration verses. Just let, if you're not thinking those things, it's, you know, you need to really think those true good things. So the mind is really key to our battle. <clears throat> James 4, 7 says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. So there's a promise. So when faced with temptation, break it off, say, Lord, I'm not going to succumb, resist, and he will flee. That's a promise. So I touched a little bit on Ephesians 6.10, and we're not going to read the section on weapons of warfare, but I understand that you guys had in-depth discussions and talks about this at family camp. So, so here's another interactive part here. Weapons of our warfare. Let's hear it. Yep. Belt. Sword of the Spirit. Word of God. Yep. Breastplate of righteousness. Shield of faith, right? Good. Any others? What's that? Yes. Yep. So, so we have, and also the, it's the feet shot with the gospel of peace. So they're all, we're soldiers. So have you guys seen photos of the weapons of our warfare pointing and covering every part of the body we're facing forward, you turn around, you're vulnerable, you're going to get hit, right? So that's, we're, that's the battle. So Ephesians 6, 10 through 17 is a really good section about the, the things we need to do battle. And again, it's all be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. We can't do it alone, but he's equipped us. It says, thanks be to God, which has given us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So we have that in him. <clears throat> Boy, Dan, do you ever want to do this a third time when you get, just get heated and warmed up? <laughs> so we'll meet again at two. No, just kidding. Just kidding. Because I get sick of hearing me talk by the end of the second one usually. No one else has to comment on that. <laughs> I, I do talk a lot, and it's fun. So thanks for listening. <laughs> okay. So point two, we talked about the adversaries. Point two is Jesus is the gate or the door. So he makes that claim, I am the gate. And that again was, Matt referred to this verse um, a few weeks ago when he talked about um, enter by the narrow gate. Jesus is the gate. He's the narrow gate. He's the gate. The only way in and out. The only correct access. It says that in verse one. Only the shepherd can enter. That's verse 2. And Jesus is the gate, the door, verse 7. And enter by it for salvation. So he, here's an allusion to salvation. Only salvation by the gate, the door, through Christ. So that's our, that's our salvation and what Jesus claims he is here. So let's take a little bit of a um, I am journey here. 
So all the I am's found in, in the New Testament, from what I can see, unless I've missed one, are in the Gospel of John. So isn't that cool? So I wanted to just go over. This is a great study. You guys can go back and read them and chew on them and just look at all the I am's that Jesus claims. So here they are. He says, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. Before Abraham was, I am. That was his claim to deity. When people questioned the deity of Christ, it's like, nope, he was there. I am the door. I am the good shepherd. Those two from John 10. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And I am the true vine. So a little aside, on, and, and we'll see this at the end of John 10. Um, I, I just think this is comical in a way. I was talking to this about my, um, I do a Hope House study in Richmond for recovering addicts. And we got, we've been reading through John continually. And there's new guys every week. So we just, you know, you can't, you just can't go wrong reading through John. So here we are. We're talking about Jesus is just getting through with his teaching in John 10. I'm going to jump a little bit ahead. And after he talks about the most probably solid, secure part of this is sheep and shepherd. In verse 31, John 10, the Jews took up stones again to throw to him. So what happens is they just, they have enough. It's like, we just, we don't want to hear this anymore. We, oh, rocks, bam, throw, right? So that's the reaction. That's how just horribly opposed they were to him. They did the same when he said, before Abraham was, I am. They took stones and rocks and just started throwing at him because they couldn't handle the truth. I'd like to read a commentary from Expositor's Commentary. I have a pretty good reference section in um, a whole host of books, actually. And this is on the gate. This is in your bulletins, too. When the sheep returned to the fold at night after a day of grazing, the shepherds stood in the doorway of the pen and inspected each one as it entered. If a sheep were scratched or wounded by thorns, the shepherd anointed it with oil to facilitate healing. If the sheep were thirsty, he gave them water. As Psalm 23, 5 through 6 says, You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. After all the sheep had been counted and brought into the pen, the shepherd lay down across the doorway so that no intruder, man or beast, could enter it without his knowledge. The shepherd became the door. So I am the door, I am the shepherd. It's, he became the same. The emphatic singular pronoun, I, ego in Greek, emphasizes that the shepherd is the sole determiner of who enters the fold and who is excluded. It parallels the latter statement, I am, another I am from John, the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So the gate, the shepherd, is the only way. He lays down at night. No one can cross. If they try to come up some other way, they, that's not going to happen. So he protects the sheep of, in the pen at night. Out, he lets them out through the gate, and they graze, and they have a great time just following him. So everything revolves around the shepherd and the, the door in this case. So point three is Jesus is our good shepherd. And there's five points I want to uh, make about this. In verse 11, 
It says he lays down his life for the sheep. He died for us on the cross. He knows his sheep, verse 14 and 27. He gives them eternal life, verse 28. And he holds them securely, still in 28. And he works in unison with the Father to hold them securely, verse 29. So let's read John 10, 25 through 30, which is the last uh, section of, of John 10 I'll read. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, these bear witness of me. But you do not believe because you are not of my sheep. I read that earlier. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give eternal life to them, and they shall never perish. And no one shall snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. And this, if, if there's nothing you take away other than this, this is the main point in the, in the message. The, securely, the secure hold that Jesus has on us. And I heard a sermon once in Syracuse, New York. Snow capital of the country, 120 inches average per year. I brought my snowblower here, and I've used it five times in Eaton, Ohio and used it 30 days a month in Syracuse for some months. That's a snow aside. But we, don't, we love it. We, the, I don't miss that at all. So, so here's, here's the thing. This pastor in this church, had, and it just was an indelible lesson, it said the hand of the Father is under us, and the hand of Christ is over us, holding us securely. So picture us like that, right? So we are secure in his arms. So anyone who fears losing their salvation, which I went through early in my walk, he has us, right? So that's, let that, just let that go. So we are secure in the Father in Christ's arms. <clears throat> so point four is we are the sheep. We talked a little bit about that, our need for Christ. We, we're helpless we get hurt easy, we wander, you know, we just, it's a needy, needy uh, word picture here. So I want to take a look at some Old Testament. We're going to close at the end with Psalm 23 and read that together. But the theme of, of sheep and shepherd is not new to just John 10. And let's look at Psalm 95, 6 through 7. This is one of the Psalms in worship, um, which was actually, Psalms were the hymn book of the Old Testament for the Jews. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture, the sheep in his, of His hand. So here you go. Shepherd, sheep, pasture. Although shepherd's not mentioned here, but pasture is. In Psalm 100, verse 3, Know that the Lord Himself is God. It is He who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. So the implication, he's a shepherd, right? So another aside, if you, I took a worship course once in, in my college work, and I, somehow I just started doing this. If you read Psalm 95 through 100, th those are pure psalms of worship. Just read them aloud, read them to God, out loud. It's a praise to him. It'll change your life. 
It's just a, it lays all the praise we have right before him. So those are five, actually six, powerful, powerful psalms of worship. I think it, it's good to verbalize our praise to God. Um, sometimes in, a, in the congregation we might not be comfortable, but one-on-one, for sure, right? You can do that. <clears throat> so what does John 10 say about the sheep? The sheep hear the shepherd's voice. Verse 3, 4, 16, and 27. We follow his voice, not the voice of strangers. The sheep follow the shepherd. Verses 4 and 27. Again, we do not heed strange voices and follow anyone else but him. The sheep know the shepherd. Verse 14. And that's the intimacy of the relationship. The sheep and the shepherd. The shepherd knows the sheep and the sheep know the shepherd. That's our relationship with Christ right there. Uh, John 17, 3 says, This is eternal life to know God and Jesus Christ whom he has sent. So that's, that is a, the culmination of this whole message of relationship with Christ. So we're going to ask ourselves, I'm going to ask all of us to ask, you know, introspect your hearts and just when we take a pause later, it won't be right now. I'm almost done, by the way. So, um, But just ask yourself, where is your relationship with Christ? Are you in the fold, in thriving, in, is your walk solid? Then praise God, just keep doing that. Keep close to the word, keep close to prayer and fellowship. So that's awesome. Have you drifted some? And I'm going to read a scripture about the prodigal son, or excuse me, the lost sheep which is the prodigal son is really similar, but have you drifted from the fold and you need to return and come back and surrender your heart anew to Christ? Or have you never accepted Christ and are you a lost sheep that he wants to go and grab and hold and hug and just bring into the fold? So let's look at Luke 15, 1 through 7. This will be the last uh, verse I'll take a look at. The last long verse, at least. <clears throat> so John, uh, Luke 15, 1 through 7. Yep, thank you. Now all the tax gatherers and sinners were coming near to him to listen to him. And both the Pharisees and the scribes began to grumble, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. And he told them this parable, saying, What man among you, if he has a hundred sheep, and has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open pasture and go after the one which is lost until he finds it. And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I tell you, in the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance. So Jesus addressed this again to a self-righteous group of Pharisees and scribes. And so the question is, are you in the fold? Have you strayed from the fold? Or are you safely in Christ's arms where you need to be? So I'm going to ask the band to come out and we're going to take a time of reflection. And just uh, be quiet before the Lord and just ask yourself and between him and you, um, just evaluate where you are and make it today a new start, um, really in every way for full commitment to him.
We're going to also look at a couple scriptures that will come up on the uh, overheads in Revelation 3.20. It says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and will dine with him and he with me. So Jesus wants to come in. If you've never let him in your heart, invite him in your heart. Accept him as Lord and Savior today. Talk to one of the pastors after. Come up and, and we'll, we'll uh, pray with you. But that's, it could be your day to accept the Lord. And in other scriptures, 1 Peter 2.25. For you are continually strained like sheep, but now you have returned to the shepherd and guardian of your souls. I love that. He's the shepherd and guardian of our souls. So he's, that, that like covers everything. He's taken just incredible care of us. So let's take a, a moment of silence now and just uh, reflect on where we are and where you stand. And we'll, uh, then we'll close in prayer and, and read in Psalm 23. Lord, we do thank you for your love. We thank you that you're our shepherd that we're your sheep, that you care for us so, so much, that you love us so much. We will follow you, Lord, with our whole hearts. Help us each day, commit our day anew to you, to just follow you with our whole hearts and do whatever you ask. Thank you. Pray that you would just help each of us grow closer to you, that you would just help these uh, brothers and sisters have a stronger faith in you each and every day. Thank and praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.